Welcome to the Clobbercast, proudly presented to you from Clobbercall, all the way from Sheffield, England. Ben, Glenn, take it away. How are we doing, Glenn? I'm very well, mate. Yourself? I'm absolutely not bad. Good, good. It's a bit echoey today. Yeah, because we're in a concrete square. Yeah, we are in a concrete shoebox. Slight office change. Uh, because it's a daytime cast again. Yes, and you have a daytime job. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, daytime staff that yeah. don't, don't need me sat in the middle of them. So, so yeah, good. <clears throat> What's been going on? Same old for me, mate. Plowing away at the store. Yeah. Uh, busy weekend, and now we're preparing, which leads on to the podcast, for the nudie repair event that we've got happening this Saturday. This Saturday? When New Deal Jeans London are sending somebody up to work with Sean all day Saturday and basically if you own a pair of nudie jeans that need hemming, repairing, patching, anything like that, you can fetch them into the store anytime on Saturday and it'll get done. How much? It's free. Perfect. So it's uh, it's all about you know sustainability and making your clothing last longer, which Nudie are very big on, which is why we've got Alina, the sustainability manager, manager at Nudie, who is based in Gothenburg. Oh, wow. Do you know what's, do you know Gothenburg? <coughs> like, I got that on email yesterday, based in Gothenburg, and it reminded me of something like Mighty Ducks or something, you know, like, or like DuckTales. DuckTales, Like, like yeah. it's a program off a cartoon. <laughs> you yeah. know, like... Uh, that, that's Sweden, yeah? Yeah, it's yeah, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's like, they're a Swedish company. Uh, to me, it's like uh, I just imagine like Scooby Doo going to Hotel Gothenburg, yeah. like, Transylvania Pet Shop. Or yeah, something like that. yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know why Gothenburg does that for me. God knows. When you psychologically, I'm relating it to someone from my childhood. Maybe it so. sounds like yeah. it. So, what about you, anyway, mate? Well, I know you've had a busy weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, I was away in Birmingham last week, which I yeah. think we covered on the podcast last week. Yeah. And then uh, I've been to Download Festival, um, which were good. But it were it were as good as it was hard. I'm getting to that age. It's called age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29. Uh, this is my last festival before I'm 30, and four days in a field with no duvet or mattress or just settees. Clean toilets. Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just hard. Like yeah. like novelty after a bit wears off. Um, That's called a hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, but it was good, saw some good bands, but again, I love heavy music, as you know, Yeah. but it was even too heavy for me in places. Were it? Yeah, like, I watched a band called Cradle of Filth. Oh yeah, I once met their guitarist. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. like, I was only uh, 12. Right. But my mate were 12 playing in a band, and it were like, it were like in a rock band, but they were kids, obviously. Yeah. And it was somewhere in Manchester, just like this little pub, and there was this like goth sat in there. Yeah. And my mate's guitar broke and he started fixing it. And he said, uh, got talking to me, like, oh yeah, I'm a guitarist in a band called Cradle of Filth. We do a lot of touring. Uh, none of us knew what it meant at the time. And then obviously afterwards, yeah, yeah. we learned that. Oh, well, oh. nice that you met him, but bloody god awful band. <laughs> a lovely bloke. Wow. We're having outside calls coming in. That were cool. I liked that. I felt like we were in a blow. Has it gone off now? That were weird. Yeah, just like a bubble. Mm. Bizarre. Um, <laughs> it was the spirit of filth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cast uh, upon us. But yeah, I saw some of the good bands. A band called Hate Breed, who were yes. very hardcore punk. Mm-hmm. But they were good. I uh, saw Bad Religion. I bet that were good. That were really good. Oh, what uh, classics? You know, gun, like the cla- you go to gun, a festival, you see classic bands. Guns you? and Roses. <coughs> yeah, of course. Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, good one. That uh, were a good show. Yeah, that were good. Um, my favourite, Parkway Drive. Do you know yeah. that song, Vice Grip? I've been listening to it this morning. Yeah, great. Do you know, show. it sounded good on your uh, Instagram post as well. It's I think solid, it was on your yeah, private yeah. one, on your own, that yeah, one. Yeah, on the private one, yeah. Clovercast one, but... Uh, but yeah, that were, that were a great gig. And mm. then I saw a band called Body Count featuring Ice-T. Nice. Yeah. Oh, we're just men. Like, yeah. Imagine, like, Rage Against the Machine, but with Ice-T but a bit more gangster. It was just funny as hell. It was brilliant. Are you claiming that Ice-T isn't gangster? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that were good. Um, A Chinese band called, oh, sorry, Japanese band called Baby Metal. 
Right, cool. Um, which again, hilarious show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one of my favourites, Boston Manor, a pop punk band from Blackpool. Mm-hmm. They're a great band. Neck Deep, another pop punk band. Were there um, any bands that just weren't heavy? You uh, were just there going. Are these on? Are these, there were only a few bands. Pace? There were only a few <coughs> bands that weren't like ridiculously heavy. Yeah. Um, What's clientele like? Old or young? Proper mix. Yeah. Is it? There's like people who've been going to download since it started and stuff. Is um, it all proper rockers dressed yeah. in black? You know, like I have, yeah. I have to say the vibe. <coughs> the, the vibe is just mint. Like there's literally yeah. no trouble. Uh, nobody's here to pose. You know, it's one of them where it's kind of like people are there for music because if not, you're definitely in the wrong place because it's yeah. just like so, ma- much, so much of a thing in it. Yeah, like, like main stage, yeah. cradle of filth, followed by hate breed. Yeah, you know, followed by someone other, someone else who was like rock hard. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's like it's not a, it's not a, uh, I say it's just not a fun place to be if you're not into that music. And even points for me, it were kind of like. This is just a bit much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. How was the uh, quiet camping? I didn't end up in quiet camping. I wish I did, though. Because did, there was that's some, what you'd reserved, didn't you? I'd reserved quiet camping, but um, there were three of us that went, and one of the lads didn't get quiet camping, so I couldn't <laughs> leave him. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was good. Uh, one of his friends, Matt, he works for a company called Brew York. Yeah. And they do independent ales and stouts oh, yeah. and all yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff so he would a good ally to have on board because he mm. brought loads of brew york beers if you've not had them before check them out they're absolutely not gorgeous bad. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not bad uh there were one and it were um uh, milk stout mm-hmm. um and it were like rated the eighth best milk stout in the world and it just tasted like bounty really yeah, yeah, it was really, really bizarre, but it was a really nice beer. But anyway, um, can we, we, can we, we went to Leeds Fest in 07. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you uh, literally fell asleep for two hours at the main stage. Yeah, <laughs> I've done that before, though. I've done that at other gigs. I've, I've got a form for that. You had, you had like a circle around your people watching. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody bothered you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, whereas if I went to Leeds Fest now, I would have been no phone, no money. <laughs> Loads of orders on Even contact. your nose ring would have gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I did that uh, most recently. <laughs> uh, um, a day to remember gig. Were it outside? No, I was I were I were in seating at uh, Leeds Arena, and um, they're heavy, like they're heavy in places. And I literally just fell asleep because I was that drunk. Really? <laughs> and I just kept waking up and remembering where I was and like dance for a second, then just go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I were very well behaved um, this year. Uh, I didn't get drunk any at time. I was there. Download. Yeah, I didn't get drunk. I didn't really have an hangover. I was just I I just checked me my health app on my iPhone. And I've walked 40 miles, which means I'm tired because of that. Yeah. My feet were more sore than my head. What What did you have on your feet? Uh, vans, old schools, but they're a bit flat. Are they? Yeah, a bit flat. I think um, your wings would have been better. Definitely. I was thinking that, but I just didn't want to have like an absolute downpour of mud. And then just And just off. absolutely knacker them. Yeah. So I didn't really want that, but... Oh well, these things happen, mate. They do. They do. Um, so Tonight, we're going to today. today yeah. So we're going to be speaking to Alina. Yeah. As we've mentioned, uh, not done a podcast like this before. Uh, it's the first time I've ever prepped questions because they asked me to send over a brief of the podcast. So I spoke to Sean, of course, in store that knows all the nudity team and knows about it, and he gave me a few key things to touch on. Sounds uh, like they're big into it then. Uh, massively, but at the same time, I don't know much about what they do regards it. And you know nothing. Absolutely nothing. So I think it's going to be... I'll probably lead questions a little bit and we'll see, see we'll where see we go. Get yeah. On, yeah. I mean, I, the, the only thing that I can say is that with the marketing material that they've got in store, like the point-of-sale stuff and the stuff that's been sent to me via email yeah. for events and things yeah, like yeah. that... Um, first of all it's designed beautifully and it's marketed really well from what I can see and the messages on there did actually surprise me um, Mm. because it's kind of saying you know we're all about sustainability 
but the idea is buy one pair of jeans, um, wear them daily, wash them rarely. There's some sort of tagline well, like that. I was talking to Jordan yesterday. I had a meeting with Jordan of Walmart Creative. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, well, we're talking about customer demographics and stuff like that. And I said, Jordan, what, why did you buy a pair of nudies? What made you not buy a pair of Levi's and buy a pair of nudies? And he explained why, because he didn't want jeans that he had to wash all the time to shrink back to size. He'd heard nudies were a little bit better. But truth for he didn't actually know why he bought nudies. Not really, mm. but somehow nudie had got to him. Bizarre. And got him to spend his money, yeah. And I just thought it was interesting, so maybe we'll be able to touch on that a little so, bit. So, I know you mentioned that you don't know that much about the sustainability side that nudie put into yeah. it. Obviously, you know about it wider and raw yeah, denim. Yeah, but I don't know, you know all that. I'd, we do ask her for examples um, as well, which should be fun. And you asked Jordan that question, like, mm. why did you pick nudie sort of thing? I'm interested to hear what you would say to a customer if they said, why should I pick nudie? How would you tackle that question, throwing that one back at you? Uh, <clears throat> it's weird for me because I've got loads and loads of different denim brands in the store. Uh, if a customer just outright said, why should I pick nudie? I'd instantly throw a question back at him and say, what's the reason you've mentioned nudie? Right. I'd get a little bit more information out of them. And if they said, well, I just see them everywhere because you can buy them in here and you can buy them there, yeah. I'd, say, I'd say, well... Uh, Nudie are a really good entry brand into denim world. Uh, I'd explain fabrics to them a little bit more. And uh, entering, would you say that's because it's a price point or is it a lighter denim? It's a lighter denim a lot of time. It's got a little bit more stretch sometimes. Yeah. It's the, the jeans that I've currently got anyway. Yeah. Uh, they do little things that are really clever, like their ever black jean. You mm-hmm. can wash it 40 times before it loses one. Shared. Bit of black, yeah. Cool. Nobody actually watches, washes the jeans 40 times. So basically you're buying a pair of black. Because I don't like jeans that fade out, personally. You know, like when they're black and they're faded, oh, I, see I what you start mean. thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, you know, like they become a different sort of jean. Yeah. Uh, so they do a lot of really good stuff and they come in at 100 quid. But the ones I've got aren't salvage. Ah, I see. So it's like an entry so you can experience raw denim, get a really good fit, you know it's sustainable. They do key things like Everblack, but it's not selvage. So if you're not that bothered about the selvage side or you don't really understand it, you just want a good quality jean, hundred quid and nudies. That that's your one. A good option, yeah. Okay. So, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um so would you way that you've described that sounds a lot like my Naked and Famous. Yes. Similar, 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 um, uh, naked similar and fam- brand uh, positioning, quite similar, would you say? Is that fair or is that an assumption that I've just made? I think Nudie might be bigger than Naked and Famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not a million miles off, mate, because you've got 12 ounce stretch, but yours are salvage. Yeah. It's Japanese denim. I'm not slightly sure where Nudie's denim is from. Uh, slightly more expensive, like 150-ish. Right. On average, but not a million miles away. No, a lot closer to a Naked and Famous or an Edwin compared to a, a Tellison or an Iron Yes, so Nudie are the Nudie are the cheapest jean we've got in store when we hadn't sold out of the Unbrand brand. Uh-huh. But the Unbrand brand is, of course, sold. Naked and Famous. Ah, it's their little sister. Right. Okay. So and that's salvage. And that's it? a salvage jean for eighty quid. It's rope dyed Japanese. It's really good yeah cool cool mm. um, right then well um, that's a I think that's a good place to start yep we'll get Alina uh, a call yeah let's call Alina hi this is Alina hey Helena, how are you doing it's Ben calling from Cobacom <laughs> hi I'm good <laughs> How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really good. I'm uh, I'm sat here with my co-host Glenn. Uh, Hi, Lena. Hi. <laughs> Can you hear him okay? Because we're sat in a different room today, so we're not sure if the acoustics are right. Uh, I think so. Good. Yes, I think you can hear me. Yep. Yeah, good. good yep. stuff. Fantastic. Let's get going. Yeah. So thanks for coming on podcast for us, Lena. No problems. Thank it, you for having me. <laughs> oh, anytime. It's uh, it's going to be a good one for us today because we've never actually done a podcast on this sort of subject yet. All right. Uh, yeah. So it'll be re- I think it'll be really interesting for people to 
listen to it, not just from a nudie perspective, but to also get an mm -hmm. idea globally what sustainability and fashion uh, or style, shall we say, is is all about and what people are doing to uh, support it, basically. So yeah. I, thought, I thought that we could start. To anybody that's listening, we've got Alina on, who's based out in Gothenburg and is the sustainability, uh, sustainability manager over at Nudie Jeans. Uh, that's it. Alina, break down your job role for us. What does a day in the life of Alina as the sustainability manager look like? To, to say that I'm the environmental manager. So we are actually oh. today two persons working with sustainability at New Jeans. Okay. Um, so we have uh, my colleague Sandia, that is the sustainability manager. She's working more with the uh, social parts of our sustainability work. Uh, yeah. And I'm working more with the environmental parts. So my role title is environmental manager. Just ah, to sorry about that, Alina. I do apologize. <laughs> I've got it no mixed up there. At all. Brilliant. You tell us um, what a day what a day looks like for you then. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really a lot of different things that we are doing. Um, we start. I mean, we've been working with sustainability for quite many years now, uh, but we've been focusing a lot on the uh, on the social part. So Sandia is working still today with, with having a lot of contacts with our suppliers, organizing um, or social audits, working with the follow ups. So that's sort of what we've been focusing on uh, during the years. So since one year back. We are two people, so that's when I came in. Uh, and my work is more about um, being responsible for the right kind of certifications. I'm quite much involved in different kind of material choices, discussing with our design department about different sustainable materials. Um, we're also about to start to map our supply chain when it comes to chemical use and water use. Um, and pushing internally for, for developments, uh, sort of in the right direction to to work more with got certified washes and, and quality so so really trying to uh, also trying to improve sort of the um, communications between the um, departments within Nudigene so we are all sort of working in the same direction uh, also working closely with the marketing department, department uh, on how we are starting now more focusing on how to to communicate what we are doing and, and to do that in the correct way um, so it's it's really it's really a mixture of things also we're also having like internal trainings for all of the staff in our stores because we think it's really important that they are uh, know about what the things that we are doing and that they can answer questions from customers in stores uh, so it's it's high and low <laughs> everything from having contact with the suppliers to our own um, staff and yeah. yeah really all of it <laughs> that's cool that's good and how did you land into that role Alina how did you end up there yeah actually I uh, I started in one of the stores in one of the repair shops in Stockholm. Um, I have just then finished my studies. I, had, I have a master degree in global studies, environmental science and business. And I, at that time, I thought I wanted to to work more within the non-profit organization, working for an environmental NGO or something like that. And I just, uh, I finished my study, I needed cash. <laughs> and I started working in the store. And I realized that this company is, is such a great company to work at. Uh, and I could really feel that sort of, I believe in this, I believe in what we're doing. And I really like the way that we are sort of standing up for what we believe in and that we do what we think is good. Uh, and not really caring so much of the trends uh, and, and what people think that we should do. We do the things that we believe in, and I really like that approach. And I started um, having a lot of contacts with Sandia, that is now my colleague, and helped her with having meetings in Stockholm and presentations. And then she had her second child, so she were away on maternity leave, so I, yeah. I covered for her for one year. So that's how I ended up <laughs> in this role. <laughs> so ah. when she came back, we, we split the work. Well, <laughs> so you've got no to do half the time now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, suddenly when we had two, we all already like double things to do, so... <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so where does the... Uh, where does the influence for the sustainability come from within the company? Who feeds that down? Where was the idea mm. first brought in? Uh, I mean, it has been part of 
of the business from the very beginning. It was sort of the reason for why Maria, that is one of the owner and one of the founders, started the company. Uh, she was working at another big denim brand, but really felt that she wanted to do something that she could that she could stand for and where she didn't need to compromise with with working conditions in the supply chain or the environmental impact or the quality. So that has always been a part of what we wanted to do. Uh, but of course, it has developed uh, over the times. We've been working with Organic Cotton for uh, many years now. Since 2012, we launched the first 100% Organic Cotton denim collection. Uh, so that has been something that we've been focusing on since yeah, since many years back. But uh, I think also that it's like all of the people working for us, they, they sort of want to work for a company doing good. So um, I also think that's, that's sort of the nice thing about Nerdy Jeans, that a lot of the ideas that we are, uh, that's been growing and has been become a, an important thing of what we're doing have actually been... Uh, been brought up from from someone working in the store or, or someone just starting or, or like it's, it's quite uh, an open atmosphere so you can sort of bring up your ideas and if it's a good idea we can we can work with that so it's uh, it's sort of coming from everybody working with us mm. very good i like that uh, <clears throat> so if we how could we explain to people that don't know what sustainability is how would you break that down for them in a way that would make sense you know without it being too deep, like Glenn, do you, yeah. you know what sustainability yeah. means, but do you of know course. what it means within the denim industry? Exactly, yeah. I think yeah. I think everybody needs to understand exactly what that is yeah. when it comes to denim, yeah. more than mm. anything. Mm. I think, I think first of all, um, sustainability is all about having a, a smart and effective resource use. I think that's sort of the, the basic of, of it all. Uh, and, and for denim, that means, of course, um, working with the right kind of material for us that's organic cotton that was sort of a given to of course uh, choose the better option of, of, of the two uh, conventional cotton is really uh, chemical intense when you grow it um, so that's really a smart way of using resources but then also not overproducing or overconsumption. consumption um, I think that also sort of goes together with the, with a the smart resource use we need to understand that um, Sort of, we are, we are. It sounds a little bit silly, but we are borrowing all of, of the resources that we have, and we need to sort of think about it as a circle, and everything that we use uh, need to be reused or, or brought back. Um, it's a little bit, yeah, <laughs> out yeah. there. But I think that's so so interesting to to think about, uh, but also how how sort of words. Um, affects the way that you understand things and if we're talking about sort of natural resources it's so easy to follow into the idea that we own everything we own the cotton we own the water but if we instead think about ecosystem services and sees all of these resources as services that are giving to us then we sort of have more of a um i think smarter way of seeing it because then we also realize that we need to care uh, for these resources and we need to take responsibility for the things that that we do for the impact that we create um yeah i think that's sort of the, the basic of it all to really be smart uh, yeah, it's like an ecosystem we... what you're taking yeah. out you need to be able to put back in essentially. exactly exactly <clears throat> that's good yeah Did you have a I question would... Glenn? yeah yeah i, I was just going to ask a little bit of a question about the sustainability and um what that means for your customers so does sustainability form a massive part of marketing? Uh, point one. Um, um, I mean, it hasn't really been. We haven't had a marketing department since uh, we, we started the marketing department one year back, I think. So we haven't really communicated or, or talked much about what we are doing. We've just done it because we think it's important. Okay. Um, so we still hear a lot of our customers like, oh, wow, are you doing all of this? Uh, that are surprised that we have come so far. Uh, so I don't think that's sort of the main reason for, for our customers buying our our clothes. But I think, I mean, if you think about the, all the work that we do in the in the supply chain, but if you think about all of the sustainability work that we do in the stores, I think that's where the, the customers really see it and appreciate it. Yeah. Where we have the, the free repair service. Uh, I mean, that 
makes our customers really happy. They are they really like this service, but but on the other hand, it also is a way of of making our customers uh, be more sustainable in their uh, consumption patterns to use their clothes longer, um, which is really important from a sustainability point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the one thing. And then with that, we are selling secondhand jeans in the store. I mean, yes. that's also great for our customers. They can find really beautiful um, secondhand nudie jeans. But on the other hand, it's also good for the environment because we are not using any new resources. So we always have these sort of two sides to the things that we are doing, which I love, because it really also shows that it's possible to have a, a good business, a business where the customers really appreciate what we are doing, but we are also managing to do that in a sustainable way, which I think it's, uh, it's, it doesn't need to be that hard if you, if you just do things in a good way yeah yeah because it's an interesting one that we i think more and more people are sustainability and ecologically focused now when it comes to things such as buying cars recycling i mean i know sweden's well ahead of the uk however England are now, you know, we've got different bins now for us different stuff we didn't have it for years did we ben no, we no. didn't we just literally plastic food cardboard uh, all in a bin. Just all in a bin yeah. when we were growing up. But, you know, now we've got different bins. So, <laughs> so that's a good start. But um, what I'm saying is, I think, do, do you think that more people are switching on to the fact that it is a central part of our society now, that sustainability really matters? Because there's a lot more things in the news when it comes to, um, you know, global warming and all these yeah. different things. I mean, I know we're talking about genes here, but. What I'm saying is that there's a certainly a bigger sustainability picture out there, isn't there, Elena? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people start to to learn more about these issues and to understand how how we all sort of can can make our parts into it to improve how the world looks. And I think that's great. I think we all need to to see that every small part that we can do, we need to do. Uh, and it doesn't need to be uh, sort of a heavy burden to actually become more sustainable. It can be something that is quite easy and and, and fun and nice. And I think that's what we need to focus on. But uh, yeah, but I think it, just to answer your question, I think that's definitely uh, one of the reasons for people being more um, engaged and more knowledgeable about this is that it's actually also talked more about in the media. It's brought up, uh, and I think that's that's a really good development that we see. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> that's a good one, actually, Glenn, because that leads on to the next question really, really well. Uh, so bas- basically, we know that sustainability is good. We know that we need to do it. Uh, we know that it needs to happen. It's really great that nudie jeans are doing that, and it's really nice thing to do. But... Alina, nothing's straightforward. So what sort of challenges do you come across as a business by staying yeah. true to your core values? Because I'm guessing, I could be wrong, I'm guessing organic cotton is more expensive than non-organic cotton. Uh, and when you're a global business, like Nudie Jeans, as, as much of an horrible, dirty word as it is, finances... Profit cash flow are all things that people at the top are looking at and making sure running order because there's a lot of staff do you know what i mean and all staff yeah, yeah, yeah. looking after and what have you so can you explain some of the challenges that you face as a business by staying true yeah. to your roots i think we can say mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, it is more expensive to work with only organic cotton to have really high quality suppliers that that are also really engaged when it comes to sustainability. The production is more expensive because we want the workers that are producing our clothes to have a, a fair wage. So yes, it is more expensive, but still, when you're looking at the, the retail price of our garments, they are not the cheapest one, but they are still not the most expensive ones Definitely that you can find the out expensive. there. So it also shows that, all right, it is more expensive for us in production, but it's also manageable with the prices that we have. And I think that's because we we know um, like how to manage the supply chain. We've also focused a lot on having a small supply chain with having a few suppliers that we have built up a relationship with during the years uh, that we have improved together with them 
Uh, and I mean, the challenge, I think it's really challenging if you have a huge supply chain and you want to become sustainable uh, in a short time, because it's it's such a big work that has to be put down yeah, to map your supply processes. chain, to, to see like where are the risks and what can we do here. Uh, so I think w- that we have been taking sort of small steps in the right direction all the time. That has been that has been the way for us um, to do it. But of course, it is more expensive, and there are a lot of challenges that we that we meet. Uh, I mean, today we have it is a lot of focus on the on the chemical use, and that is problematic within the denim industry. I mean, we are using a lot of water, a lot of chemicals when we do the the washes and the and the dyeing of the fabric. Um, so it's, it's. I think we still have a long journey to become like 100% sustainable, 100% good uh, within this um, industry. Um, but I think we also can show that it's it's possible. Of course, it, it's a lot of hard work. You mm. need to have people working with this. It's That's not why. happening. Yet That's why you've got your job, Alina. <laughs> <laughs> That's your job, Alina. Um, <laughs> What, what, what I want to ask next, which is slightly off topic, um, and the questions we, we'd preset, um, but I wanted to ask, would you say that, where do you see yourself in terms of the denim sustainability league table? <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just make that up. Um, so um, what I wanted to ask was, um, would you say that you're a, a leader for driving sustainability forward in denim? Is there other brands that you cooperate with to kind of see how you could work together or are companies just doing their own thing when it comes to sustainability? So would you say that you're up in the in the top, top people? Mm. Uh, I think we have been sort of doing our own thing for many years. Uh, but that we are, since maybe a couple of years back, more looking into corporations and to to try at least to be, I don't know if I, if I'm, if I would say the leader, but, but to be an, a good example of how you can do it. And I mean, that is yes. in a way the leader, but to show that it's possible. And we are still quite a small company and at our suppliers, we sometimes have quite a small part of their production. And if we want to put really um, strict and high demands on them uh, on, imp- on how they should improve it's sometimes difficult when we have such a small part of the production so in those cases it's so important that we cooperate with other brands that are working with the same supplier for example mm-hmm. and I think that's uh, that's that's also like one way of, of um, trying to make other brands improve as well. I mean, the, the cooperation is good for us because we get a bigger leverage but it's also a way of, of spreading uh, the way that we work and try to learn other brands how they can work um, so I think that maybe we are trying to be a leader within sustainability absolutely mm-hmm. if, I, if I shouldn't be too, yeah, too yeah. shy that's yeah, fine that's that. great well you just said it you're number one when it comes to sustainability it's in the record <laughs> book now <laughs> the, uh, what other uh, companies within the denim industry do you look up to on a personal level you know you kind of look at your job at nudie and then when you Mm. see the principles of other companies within the denim industry who do you step back from and go wow that's impressive Mm. um you know is there any for a start Uh, i mean there are i think it's the same with all brands for us as well some i mean we have some parts that we're really good at and some parts we need to improve on and that i think that's the same for all different kind of brands yeah i really like the idea uh, that mud jeans is working with with the with the rental uh, part of their business they're renting or leasing jeans i think that's a really interesting idea oh, yeah. Uh, yeah but we also think like levi's is a huge brand but they are have a really they are talking a lot about like their water savings and and they seem i haven't really digged into this but they seems like they have a good control of their of their sort of chemical and water use and that's mm. also impressive so i think that we we have managed to to come far but maybe we need to also improve our sort of the to, to work in a more organized way and to to measure more and to follow up the measurements and to compare it has sort of been that that our work has been dreaming of a will of doing doing things in a good way but we haven't always really measured it yeah uh, but now yeah. Oh, after a couple of years it would be also interesting to actually see the results of things yeah um, yeah 
I, th- I think, to be honest, though, as well, I think um, maybe being a bit harsh on yourself there, Alina, because I think sustainability never stands still. You can never do mm. a perfect job, and the only mm. thing that you can do is strive to be 1% better every day, every month, every year, mm. and then you, you're actually taking active steps. I mean, if you look at the car industry and how that's changed mm. massively, you know, no, you know, everybody five years ago thought they were perfect, but they're not now. And, you know, it, it always you've got to constantly, I suppose, innovate and improve and look at your yeah. operations uh, to improve sustainability. And I think that's key. So, what, no matter, as I said, jumping back to my question, uh, probably critiquing my own question, whether you're number one in the list or whether you're number twenty in the list, as long as you're actually making those steps yeah. of improvement, then. Good for you. Yeah. And I think that's yeah, that's I think, yeah. I think that's really interesting to, to really highlight because it's also sometimes um, I mean tricky for brands to start to work with sustainability because directly that they get criticized for not doing everything. But I think we all need to start so we need to start with small steps. So I think that's really it's important to say. That's really interesting. I uh, I think that's a really good question and a really good answer. Yeah. yeah. Well done, guys. <laughs> I'll get the coat. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to relate that back to me as well, and you know, like how that affects like my life and my working life. Like, we're at the moment we're just going completely paperless in the office, which is like it's not loads of businesses have done that years ago, but we're just doing that now. So that makes us feel good, um, and it makes us, you know, it's it is it is a good like thing. So yeah, yeah. So that's great. Uh, yeah, but absolutely. I think I think we need to to sort of remember and be happy about the things that we accomplished, but but never really lean back and say, "All right, we're finished now." But to try yeah. to, to yeah, stay always, motivated and, and, and continue. Yeah, it's constantly uh, it's constantly moving forward. Uh, mm. So you've only had a marketing department for around a year, which I didn't know that yeah. either. Which is pretty amazing to have got to where you've got to without a marketing department <laughs> how do you approach the sustainability through your marketing department or don't you basically yet yeah well we are uh, actually right now we're having a campaign called get the balance right that is all about our sustainability work uh, where we have sort of focusing on different parts we have the mend the gap part that is uh, in one way um, talking to the, the mending the gaps, the holes in the jeans with our free repair service, mm-hmm. but also mending the gap between uh, minimum wages and living wages in India, for example. Yeah. Uh, we also have the, the non-toxic tuxedo where we talk about the organic cotton. So we, we, we have a, a campaign right now going on, uh, but that is sort of the first real uh, sustainability campaign that we have had. Um, and, and we have been sort of taking also an active step away from marketing before because we we sort of thought that if we do good stuff, people will notice. And obviously that have been working. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yes. but I also think that we have realized now that people want to know and they are asking us to tell us what, tell them what we are doing. Mm-hmm. So I think that the approach right now is to, to just inform our customers to see it more of a communication than, than marketing maybe uh, to be open I mean we've always been transparent but we to really be open about the things that we do to tell people what about what we are doing and I think that the nice thing here is that that we can actually talk about the things that we are doing today <laughs> we don't need to talk about like what we are going to do in five years so we can talk about all of the things that we are doing today mm-hmm. and I think that's so uh, nice. It's a nice feeling to know that we have come quite far, and it's and we can talk about it, and we can we can be honest, we can be transparent. We know what our challenges are, um, and it's not a secret. And I think that also, in a way, makes us more um, trustworthy, or maybe that's yeah, not yeah. word, but yeah, yeah, yeah. transparent. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that's sort of the the. the the way that we want to work with with marketing sustainability is to just be transparent and to tell people what we are doing. Uh, it doesn't need to be more than that. Yeah, I see. 
Um, and just on, on that, when we're talking about mend the gap and getting the balance right, um, for anyone who's listening who wants to know a little bit more about this, this is actually on the Nudie Jeans website under the Get the Balance Right on the Mend the Gap page. Exactly. What's, in, what's interesting on there, Alina, is that there's a series of downloads available. Um, sustainability report, the code of contact, code of conduct, sorry, restricted substance list, environmental policy, uh, brand, uh, brand performance check and social reports. That seems to be information that most other companies wouldn't share. Is, is that, is, would you say that would be accurate? I mean, some brands do share documents like this. Uh, mm-hmm. The sustainability report, of course, that's that's something that's sort of become a norm today. Yeah. But yeah, we try to be really, really transparent, uh, and we think that more information that we can give to people, uh, more they will they will like us and trust us and see that this is not just something that we talk about. It's actually something that we are doing, um, and it's also a way of of having less questions <laughs> coming to us because it's a lot of like students <laughs> and customers wanting interviews and sometimes it's just easier like okay just download the documents and read it (laughs) if there was if there was an audio book available alina we would have just played that on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) we we must be honored (laughs) we we got we got a conversation brilliant Uh, what just to bring it back down to ground level i suppose a little bit then and to digress a little bit away from nudie jeans the brand uh, what would you advise people that's listening to the podcast at home can do straight away to start making their own wardrobe more sustainable? Uh, you know, so some, somebody, somebody that's not into jeans, you know, but has got a yep. wardrobe full of clothes, what can they do to make, yep. you know, what they have now more sustainable? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think it's, it's actually not that hard. Uh, I think the most important thing is to use uh, the garment that we have already bought to care for them, to sort of respect and value the fabric and all of the work that has been put down to the, the, the garment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I actually visited one of our suppliers and saw the production, I was like, wow, this is so much work put into one t-shirt, one pair of jeans, it doesn't matter what kind of garment, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of people working with it, putting down time and and sweat and blood into garment that we sometimes tend to use for just a couple of times and then throw away. And when you realize all of the work that's put down into it, you really start to to value and respect the garment and I think that's the most important thing that we can do to care for the garments if it's if it's a small hole repair it it's not that hard yeah. use your clothes for a long time I think yeah. that's that's sort of the, the number one thing uh, that all of us can do but then you can also think about having like a wardrobe split up in two parts you have like the one part where you have the the, the classical uh, pieces the, the jeans the, the white t-shirt everything yeah. that you that you the basics sort of yeah. that you that you keep for a long time, mm-hmm. and then maybe you have a, another part of the wardrobe uh, of things that you want to to change more often because I mean all of us like also to have sometimes new clothes, but then maybe you don't need to buy them new produced. Then you can buy it secondhand, or you can switch with your friends, or you can borrow or rent it. So I, I think it's it's that's a sort of a good way of thinking of your wardrobe in, in like two two parts one one long term and one a bit quicker, faster turnover, but doesn't need to be all newly produced or, or newly bought or bought from a chain store that doesn't really <laughs> work that much with sustainability. Yeah. So so try to find other ways of <coughs> renewing your wardrobe uh, without buying new stuff. Good. That's really interesting. Uh, so when it comes to buying new stuff, obviously there's a price point involved uh, for mm. that. So it, it, it does help people's wallets as well. Uh, when it comes to the nudie price points, because you are right, you do use, you focus a lot on sustainability, so to create the product it's not always as cheap as it could be by maybe not being as cautious about sustainability. Uh, but you sell the product at a price that's not necessarily the most expensive either. When, when a product is getting designed by nudie jeans or when you've got a new product coming out or it's a new season, 
what is it that comes first do you start with a price point then work back so do you say right we're going to do a type of jean that fits like this and we have to be able to sell it for 120 pounds now go away and make that sustainable or do you say right we want a jean it fits like this how can we make it sustainable what will we have to charge for it which way round do you approach it it's more towards the second option there. I mean, we have, of course, we need to think about the prices. We can't not think about it. But we are starting more with the idea of, like, what kind of materials do we want to use? Is it, is it sustainable according to our um, definitions or not? Mm-hmm. How much does it cost? Of course, we need to think about that. But, like, what kind of materials do we want to use? What kind of supplier do we want to use? Uh, we don't like to have new suppliers, so we're looking at the suppliers that we already have. Mm-hmm. And we see, like, can these suppliers make the product that we want? Yes. Mm-hmm. If they can't, is it... A product for us is this worth to start with a new supplier or is it not worth to have this product mm-hmm. so sometimes we have been a, we have uh, had to let go of ideas of products because we haven't found a good supplier for that mm-hmm. so it's, it's all of those kind of things and then of course in the end we need to look at the price um, and but as we are we are sort of doing <laughs> uh, the same type of garments. Uh, we've done that for many years. We are working with the same kind of, with the same suppliers for many years. We sort of know uh, the range that we have uh, when it comes to prices and costs. Yes. So it's it's never really a big surprise. Like oh my god, this is so expensive, or or here is so super cheap. It's like we know uh, where yeah, we where we used to work. Yeah, and basically, you've got continuity with your suppliers, which allows you to exactly. mind map a product before you actually. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Are you allowed to share your suppliers, uh, Alina? Yes, Uh, of course. Where's it from uh, the denim? We have have on our um, website, we have our production guide uh, where it shows where all of our suppliers are and what they are doing. So the the majority of the the denim fabric comes from Turkey. We have one big supplier called Bossa, uh, but then we're also working with Isco, another um, Turkish supplier, but we're also working with Italian suppliers, uh, Imatex yeah. and, and Candiani, so we're yeah. working with quite big, known, well-known uh, fabric suppliers. Yeah. And then the, the, they are manufactured in Italy and Tunisia, so we have two big uh, denim su- or, or uh, production um, suppliers that are working for us. Um, so that's sort of the, the chain, the production chain for the denim. But then we are also working. We are making shirts and t-shirts and, and jackets sometimes as well. So, but you can find all of that information on the production guide that we yeah, have online. That's good to know. And we also think that that's yeah. We also think that's sort of a, a way of, of being of being transparent towards the customers as well. They can really read into uh, where and what we are producing. And if they don't like it, they don't have to buy our things. But if they like it, and if they think that we're doing a good job, they are welcome to, to, to like be a customer to us. So I think that's a way of, of also giving um, the possibility to the consumer to, to make up their own mind and to read up on things. Um, and that's also, I think, just now I'm sort of going way in my mind here, but I think that's also so important when, when looking at other brands uh, from a consumer perspective, that if you r- go to a brand's website and you don't find anything about sustainability or or how they are working in, in the production, I think that should be sort of a, a warning sign. Yeah. Because um, uh, it's so important to, to communicate what you're doing, of course, but also to be open towards the customers, because otherwise we can never... We can never uh, trust the customers to be more sustainable if they can't have the information that they need yeah of course uh, so what i mean i'm, I'm gonna again i'm still talking about sustainability uh, and you know things to do with the environment but i'm just gonna digress it just a little bit more obviously you know sean you know sean don't you that works yes. with us at yes. the supply co uh, yeah. he's got the reason he doesn't work for nudie now is because he moved back up north yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. When, when he lived in London, he worked for New Day. It's not because he didn't leave. He loves, he loves uh, the he brand. Does. He, he loves the brand. It often. Yeah, so uh, he also said how good New Day jeans were at taking care of the staff. Mm. Good. Uh, so what sort of 
you know, where does that come from? What what sort of measures are put in place uh, to ensure that nudie jeans are looking after the team, basically? Yeah, yeah. You know, is, is that a department or is it just a core value that runs throughout the business? Uh, where does that come from? I think really it's it's part of the core value, parts of how it started. I mean, it's, it started with a, with a couple of friends wanting to do something and then they brought off more friends and more friends and more friends. So we are sort of in the, in the, um, in the, in the sort of in the core business, it's a group of friends wanting to do something good, and I think that mentality have lived on. Uh, but I also think that it's the same uh, sort of respect that we want to show uh, to the people in the production chain. The same kind of respect we want to show to our staff. We know that it's important to to give feedback when necessary, to give good or less good feedback, but mm-hmm. to really have an open communication to show that we appreciate our staff, because. Uh, because I mean, we are all people. We all like to feel that we are important, and mm-hmm. I think it's 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 valuable to show that you appreciate your staff. Because then they will do a good job, uh, and they will think that it's meaningful to to work for us. And I think that if you think it's meaningful, you will do a better job. Uh, yeah. So I think that's sort of a. It's it's also. A, when you think about it, it's not, it's not so difficult. It's, it's just like we need to appreciate each other. Yeah. No, that's really good. That is really good. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, have you got any questions? I've got one more, but if you've got anything you want to go in with, Glenn. Um, just for me, it's kind of um, what, what, what's the overall company's like aspirations? Because I know that we mentioned about as, as businesses grow, you're trying to obviously handle the sustainability and that becomes more challenging. What, what are the company aspirations in terms of growth? Um, you know, uh, are you looking to grow year on year? Is there a point where you fall over the edge and you just can't be sustainable? Um, I just wanted, you know, re- relating back to the sustainability. Is, is uh, the growth dependent on the sustainability? Yeah, so how, how in tune are the company objectives against the sustainability objectives and do they meet or cross paths? I think we will never sort of let go of the sustainability core values that we are working with. <clears throat> but of course, we also need to to continue to grow. But we've never been a company that wants to grow super fast or to grow really much. I think we will still. Uh, of course, we want to grow, but we want to also grow in a in a speed that we can control, uh, that we can. Um, keep on having the control of the supply chain where we care about our staff all of these kind of things i mean we need to we need to grow in a in a good speed you know in a sustainable speed yeah yeah i understand (laughs) i understand um but i think we still also have quite a a big uh possibilities of growing without having uh risk of not being sustainable yeah just looking at our suppliers we can grow a lot with our suppliers before having to take on new suppliers for example so we have we have quite a big space to fill before that would be a problem fantastic yeah really good great uh yeah well i'm going to finish it off with a question that's just a little bit more fun So, to anybody that's listening who might not have visited a nudie store or gone on the nudie website yet, or that knows about nudie but never actually bought a garment, uh, if you were going to be their personal shopper, it's a 30-year-old man, average build, uh, average weight, and he said to you, Alina, I've got £300 in my pocket to spend on nudie products right now, what would you suggest he buys? Oh, I wish I would have gotten this question two years ago when I was still working in the <laughs> I knew everything about our products. <laughs> but uh, I would definitely tell him to buy a pair of dry jeans, perhaps, depending on how his body looking, of course. Yeah. But maybe a grim team or a lean dean if he likes something not to lose. Or yeah. if he would be daring a, a sleepy sixton, that is a new style that we have now that is a bit the more loose, loose in the shape. Yeah. 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 Uh, Go for the dry denim, wear it for a long time uh, to really uh, sort of get the, the wears and tears on it. So that would be like a, oh, I don't know really the prices either in my head, but that would be a part of the money. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, buy two good fair trade t-shirts, like one black and one white, 
That's yeah. the basic that you always need. And a uh, denim jacket. And then it would be like uh, fit for fight. <laughs> That's, <it. laughs> Perfect. That's it. Awesome. Perfect. So, uh, I All think, right. yeah, I really feel like we were really efficient and sustainable during that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It took Perfect. us. Uh, all in all, 57 minutes in total, including our little uh, intro. intro before we so got on the perfect. phone to Alina. So, uh, Obviously, Alina, do you know that we've got a repair event at the store on Saturday? Yeah, uh, I heard about it, yes. Yeah, we're doing it with Carl from the London mm-hmm. store. He's coming up yep. and him and Sean are going to repair in jeans uh, all day for free. This podcast will go live Friday morning time so people can have a listen and drop the stuff in so yeah that's a bit of a shout out for uh, sean's little project on saturday great so perfect other than that i think we're all done alina i think it's time to let you get back to your day yeah thank you so much for having me no no good good talk yeah Yeah. thank you very much for coming on is this your first podcast alina yes it is there you go you did brilliant fantastic (laughs) absolute natural (laughs) Good stuff. Have you got anything interesting planned for the evening? Uh, doing my laundry, actually, so not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ah, then. We should well. Well. Which I shouldn't say. I should say, like, I'm just going to hang them outside and air them, of course, because you shouldn't wash your clothes. Yeah, oh, that's it, that's it. You just do it with a bottle of wine, and there you go. It'll yeah. become interesting. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, then, Flower. Well, we'll let you get All off, right. and, uh, you know, if we ever uh, want to follow up, we'll drop you an email and see when you're available. Yeah, yeah perfect. No worries. No worries, then. You take All care, right. Alina, and we'll speak to you yeah, soon. You too. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Good awesome. one. Yeah, good one. Good, weren't it? <clears throat> yeah. You learn a lot. Yeah, there were a lot going down there, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot uh, to take in. It was really um, funny because when we're doing podcasts, I'm always watching time. And I'm like, right, are we on time? We're not going over too long. But that one, uh, we were going on and I was thinking, buddy, yeah, we've covered some good ground here. Covered loads and we're, we're on like uh, pretty much an hour. That's good. Which is good. It's uh, good for us. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, I think we must just like waffle on more when we've got a beer in us. And yeah, <laughs> that's definitely what yeah. it is. Isn't um, it? But that were good. Really insightful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. It's not, uh, and it's not just nice because it is. Well, it is nice. But there's actually like I'm, I'm sat here like quietly. It's inspiring. Thi- I'm sat here quietly thinking. Hmm. Maybe I should do more. Yeah. Which I know I'm definitely doing more now than I were before yeah, we yeah. reconnected, yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I was thinking I've only washed these jeans that I've got on, uh, maybe twice, twice I've you washed. Did one these. of them in bath. I did one of them in bath. Yeah. Uh, Which has got to use less water than a washing machine. I got to, so. got I mean, to. You only put a few inches in, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Um, yeah, um, but it, it does make you think a bit more. It's like you know, better quality stuff. Don't mm-hmm. wash it as much. Last yeah. longer. Looks mint in process. Yeah. Really, if you yeah, if you yeah. really strip it back. Yeah. Uh, but I like I like what they say about like you know, just getting better every day. Mm. I think that's a big a big point. Yeah, I found um, that quite refreshing. Did you it like took, that? Yeah, because I just sort of, <laughs> sort of like uh, just took a lot of pressure. You know, you don't have to do it. It's like getting fit. Yeah. You don't have to do it all in a week. No. You know what I mean? You just go to the gym twice a week for an hour at a time. Yeah. And that's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. That's the point. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And obviously, the, they've been building this sustainability mm. uh, scheme or. I'm surprised they've got global without the marketing team. I were looking uh, on Wikipedia there just as we were mm. um, on there, and there's some interesting facts. Shall I, shall I bring it up for you? Yeah, do it. Uh, because for me, I found it quite unbelievable, to be honest. Right. And okay. I'm, all I'm going to do is read to you the best I can um, what, what, what Wikipedia says. Admittedly, it's massively out of date. It's massively out of date. Okay. Um, but what I would say, it, 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 it makes interesting reading. So let me, uh, said there's not much. Stick by a few points then. Yeah, I'm just going to hit you with it. So, uh, New to Jeans, Swedish denim brand based in Gothenburg. Um, which we know, founded mm-hmm. in 2001 by Maria, who we mm-hmm. spoke about today, yeah. uh, which is great. Um, 
Let's have a look. As of 2003, the company had 12 employees, a revenue of 93 million Swedish kroner and a net income of 13.6 million kroner. 70% of their revenue was generated outside of Sweden. These figures are likely to increase, obviously, massively mm. during the past three years as the brand have become more popular in 2004. Nudie's net income increased by 70%. Nudie jeans specialise in raw and pre-washed denim jeans, but the company's collection includes many other items of casual clothing and accessories. Um, in 2003, denim jeans comprised of 70% of their total sales. Now, we're going back mm-hmm. way, way, way back, yeah. but even at those sorts of figures, it's kind of like... Yes, yeah, sh- that Maria knows how to scale a business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jesus. You know what I mean? So, w- what I'm saying is... I don't know exactly what 93 million kroner, you know, consists well, it, of. Well, it's out of date, so exchange rate won't even... No. But if you if you look at that, it would be like 8 million in 2003. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. So if you fast forward fi- 15 years, yeah. you've got to be at even least... Even at 10% a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 they're a big impressive. Company. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so uh, yeah, awesome, interesting stuff. And what a lovely woman. Yeah, looking forward to the event this Saturday now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to set the scene because, uh, to be honest, again, I mean, I don't mind saying I'm learning all the time on this, and yeah, it is mental. Not that I know much at all, mm-hmm. but I know a lot more than I did. Yeah, 17 podcasts ago 17 <laughs> yeah. were on by the way yeah. which is crazy and you see all these little different angles as to kind of like you know what companies are doing what price points are at what mm-hmm. makes them that price point yeah. where things come from and I never associated Nudie with a deep sustainability plan like what I've just heard about mm. I just thought they were like a decent pair of jeans to get you into this scene yeah and that was as far as I knew yeah and to be honest probably as far as I cared mm. at this particular time mm-hmm. uh, because you already have your favourites and things like that yeah however listening to Alina and I'm, I hope to sp- I speak for loads of other people who have just listened to mm-hmm. that um, to actually say I'd absolutely consider wearing nudie jeans now mm-hmm. and be really proud because it, I'm a big part of this sustainability mm. um, that's the I'm, idea at podcast definitely did I you mean, know you can get them at clubacan.com wait well it was funny when you said this bloke he's got 300 pound he's an average build <laughs> uh, you know what would you kid your mind for Ben are you trying to sell me an outfit here <laughs> uh, but we're good and for that price point as well yeah, it's, it's, just, it's interesting point. that there's like so Get much, rolled. so yeah, so much stuff that's built into the brand other mm. than like without sounding rude again, maybe unbranded brand will tell me completely different. Mm. But for me, it just that one is like, yep, yeah, it's raw, it's salvage, it takes boxes, mm-hmm. and the cheap, mm-hmm. buy them, move on next. There's probably more to it. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, loads more to it, but I just thought nudie were a bit more fashionable. Yeah. A bit more on uh, point. On point when it comes with to like the European market. Yeah, uh, but it's interesting. It's really opened my eyes out, and mm. and it makes you start thinking. Like, oh, I had a, I had a bit of quiet period. I can see it there on my mixing desk mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> for uh, for about ten minutes. I'm thinking, what's in my? When you said like, what's in people's wardrobe? Mm. Like, what's in mine? What mm. can I change? What? What can I do? Yeah, about the stuff. That's and first of all, like on one of the questions, like what can people do? What I thought Alina were going to say, well, buy a lot more vintage. Because that just seems like quite obvious. Mm. Um, yeah. Stop buying loads of t-shirts for six quid. Yeah. That's a that's a big point, mm. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because um, that's one of my biggies. Like, have you have you got a downfall when it comes to this sort of stuff? Because <coughs> mine is buying basic t-shirts <laughs> and buying millions of them. No, but the reason I haven't got that you've worked at a vintage clothing of wholesaler yeah. for seven eight years before. I even got the store, so therefore I've got the T-shirts that I sell in the store in my wardrobe, and then just really good quality vintage T-shirts that'll last me forever. So yeah. I've got too many good quality T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of them for me. Yeah, uh, but you've been in the game a lot longer, haven't you? So you can kind of say, yeah, I've known of this angle. 
Yeah. When you were exactly. doing when you were doing vintage, I know that we've spoke about this mm. a little bit about about you as to like you're fascinated by things that look old or mm. battered or mm. worn in and the story behind them mm. and how they look of, as well of course mm-hmm. was was when dealing with vintage was there was the sustainability messages behind it when you were working as a wholesaler Was that kind of one of your th- things that people cared about or was it more about like how it looked and getting the 60s look the 70s the 80s and 90s it was, how, it was very how, fashion based Right, so uh, it weren't 100%. To the, to the retail, the customers. I'm not saying they don't care about sustainability because I'm almost sure they do, but it was very fashion-focused. Uh, but the company that I worked for itself, you know, that was keen on sustainability. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had all the different clubbings for all the different... I don't just mean like the normal big ones. I mean like even in <coughs> the canteen, packets in one paper, you know, everything were done and uh, we worked a lot with high street brands uh, high street stores that would then take vintage and have it reworked and put in and stuff like that. So yeah, there's a strong sustainability uh, bloodline running mm-hmm. through the company. Whether all the retailers that we used were as interested, I'm not 100% sure. We, you, you can only say that they are buying sustainable because they're buying vintage. Yeah, so, so they are. Uh, yeah. So whether it... By default, you can't yeah. get that. Whether so. it's a core buying factor or not, they're yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose that's a good point, actually. Mm. Um, yeah. So it doesn't really matter at that point, does it? If they're buying vintage for whatever reason, they're buying vintage. Yeah, it's true. Um, and it's yeah. why we still stock bits of vintage in the store. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the ah. worker jacket. I mean, people should check out those worker jackets. We just we need another drop, really. I'm, I've only got three left. Have you? Yeah. They're Not surprised. Really they're, they're really good. So easy, aren't they? Yeah, I, lo- I love mine because it's yeah. just got like loads of like useful little pockets it's light enough to say I've got a jacket on but not too heavy to say I've got to take this off now I'm inside yeah they look cool yeah uh yeah classic yeah I'd style not fashion yeah but I, I want to know who wore it before me like yeah. what, 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 is, what, what is or her job yeah. or whatever like, that's, that's quite some, an interesting yeah. one I'm not sure we'd ever find that out no yeah. definitely not um so um have you got anything else to add to this one then because I think that's no, been think a really right, really yeah. good one I'm happy that were a good one if you're local, get into the store tomorrow, because it's because I'm Friday. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Confuse me then. <laughs> come and bring in your nudie jeans, and they will get repaired for free, or hemmed, or patched, whatever it is. Uh, if you haven't got nudie jeans, but you want them repairing, come in and see us anyway, because although it won't be free, <laughs> uh, that is a service that we do have in store. It's not expensive, Sean does an excellent job, and it brings your him back to life and helps your wardrobe become more sustainable. Of course it does. Brilliant, brilliant. Do you know what we should do? I've just had a little thing yeah, before we just clock off. Yeah. We should do us a uh, we should do a specific uh, little code to get a little um, if you've listened to the podcast and you come into store. Yeah, you could get like twenty five percent off your repair or crotch blowout yeah. by quoting Glenn twenty five. Glenn 25. Yeah. Is that is that it? Is if that how you doing it? Somebody walks in and walks <laughs> Glenn 25. They get 25 percent off. Yeah. Their repair or blowout or. Yeah. There you go. Glenn 25. Glenn 25. There. Lovely. Okay. Um, that's it then, Benji. Yeah. No worries, man. We'll leave right it at that, and I will uh, see you soon. Yeah. Cool. Cheers, Bye. folks. <laughs>